You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 128, The Return of the Flannel. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that cordially invites you to the wedding of the century. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Mark Welzer. Hey, Mark. Good to have you on. Good to have you on uh, actual Fincast instead of a pair of retros as we've done uh, a lot recently. <laughs> yeah, it's um, great to be back. Guys. It has been... It has been a while since we've done a proper FinCast, and we apologize for that due to a number of factors. Uh, but it is good to be back covering a brand new issue of the Savage Dragon. Uh, of course, the Savage FinCast is the internet's only, as far as we know, Savage Dragon podcast, uh, Eric Larson podcast dedicated. So uh, it's good to have a new issue to go over. It's great to have a new issue. When, when did the last issue come out? Well, last time we re- like, recorded was in August, uh, so probably July. Good lord. You had a good run there for a few months. Yeah, he was really banging them out there. We had some real quality issues in 23, just not many. Uh, yeah. How many issues did we get in last year? No, you're asking me the hard questions. That would require research. Okay, I think, sorry. Let, let I me think find four. out. Four. I think four. I could be wrong. Uh, According to Comic Vine, the answer is four. Well, 263, 264, 265, and 266. So the Mako on the cover issue, mm-hmm. the story of Paul. Uh, Samurai Blast and Malcolm in the Nuts in 265, and then the move to San Francisco in 266. So 2023 was the all-digital year, right? I don't know if 263 was part of that, was it? I, I, yeah, I guess there was some, I think. Some, some I, parts, because he like... I guess t- I shouldn't say all-digital, but yeah, ex- the only year that has digital, because he's back to drawn on the boards now. Yeah, that's... He did, he did say that. That's what I hear, yeah. yeah. For good, I don't know, but time will yeah. tell. Whatever works for his process. Right. We know this issue, uh, I think the cover is done digitally, where yes. it's you know, photo referenced or whatever. But I don't feel like any of the insides were done digitally. No, and I guess this is the best looking issue of Dragon we've had in a while. I'm so glad that he's doing back traditionally. Yeah. I agree with you there. Great looking book. Yeah, the cover was, I think, 
he's Eric said he was uh, a picture that he took at a wedding. Oh wow! Or a wedding that he was at. I'm not sure, but um... it's a pretty good posed picture. Right. I don't know if he ever. I don't know if he shared the photo or not. Hey, um. Just for the listeners and real quick, I, I just before I forget, before we jump into this issue, I did want to make an announcement. Are we going to do news or no? Yeah, we're going to do news. We got a few things. Okay, so I want to add something to the end of the news uh, after when we get to that. Okay. I mean, to be honest, all we really have is news. Um, unfortunately, due to how long it's been since this uh, uh, recording and the last, uh, if you send us any letters back in the fall, we're... Not going to read them just because they've gotten to pretty old at this point. So if you have any, like, want to get back in touch with us, refresh a question, send us a fresh email to savagefincast at gmail.com. Uh, we will try to read it out in the next episode um, if it comes within a reasonable amount of time. We'll have a Finteresting conversation, too, so you can write in for that. Yeah, we got we got a new Finteresting conversation topic uh, lined up for this uh, this episode as well. So we'll get to that after our news segment. Which, to be fair, is not a lot, um, even though a long time has passed. Uh, so the main, like, first news story, just just to, just to put it out there, the uh, second Ultimate hardcover is out. Uh, as of last... Uh, actually, it's been a few weeks, right? Back in December? Yeah, so as of the record... Today, the re- day of the recording is January 10th. Uh, I think it's been out for like maybe a week and a half. If you ordered from Amazon, you may not have gotten it yet. I ordered and I have not gotten mine and I think it's due next week. Sounds like you looked it up. Currently says one to to two months uh, uh, wait time. Yeah. And I think uh, Organic Price Books is on back order now. And you said you looked at half-price trades, right? Uh, In-stock trades. Oh, in-stock trades, sorry. Which currently implied to me that it was in stock. So uh, I'm going to buy one before this episode comes out. So if I get the last one, I'm flipping you off right now. (laughs) So if you were thinking of getting it, you by the time you hear this podcast, you may want to jump on it sooner than later, or you might have to wait until a new printing comes out. It's unfortunate that, it, well, I mean, it's a good thing it's selling out if it is selling out. Uh, it's unfortunate if it's just a supply issue because Amazon sucks. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, if your local shop has a copy, probably the best way to get it. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. get up my shop. I, I haven't picked it up yet. Oh, that's good. I know a couple people have, have got it. Everyone says it's really good. Oh, and the first one's excellent, so I imagine the second isn't much different. Uh, I got a little bit of a peek at some of the sketchbook stuff. Yeah. And there's, um, it looked like there was some, a bunch of new stuff that hasn't been printed before. So that's good. Well, that's cool. I think this is still in the era too, where he's got a lot of sketchbook material to put in these. Yeah. I feel like it's going to go away at a certain point. Right. Well, cool. Uh, other bit of news. There was a cover at some point in the last six months. Uh, it was 270, I believe. Yes. And I don't have it in front of me. So 270's got two covers. Uh, both are kind of in black and white. And one covers uh, all red. 
the Savage Dragon logo that mimics the Funnies uh, uh, issue logo, that old school logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got the kids running across it in black and white with like a solid red background. And it's got, um, um, so what's the tiger's name? Uh, Walter. Walter's tail, it looks like. They're chasing it. Uh, and then there's a second cover that's completely black background with Malcolm in black and white, just kind of uh, looks like he's kind of charging towards the the reader in the, the image, just kind of a solo shot. Uh, the solicitation copy says, while Malcolm Dragon's team faces its greatest challenge, the Dragon Kids go off on an adventure of their own. Comes with our highest possible recommendation. So not sure if it's going to be a complete completely uh complete like dragon kids issue or if it's gonna you know also kind of feature malcolm uh it's not quite clear i i definitely enjoy the solo malcolm kid story so stories i so i really look forward to more of that yeah they've been good yeah not and, a lot of uh, uh information there on the solicitation to speculate on there right I mean, dragon, uh, dragon yeah. solicitations have been pretty vague for a very long time. <laughs> and they, they cover a and lot of ground. The covers, the covers even don't give us a whole lot either. It's, Malcolm's got his fists up. He's ready. Yeah, they're kind of strange uh, covers for, for Savage Dragon, to be honest, especially the solid black one where it's just like your kind of pinup cover, which we typically don't see Eric doing. No, I wonder if it's going to be colored at some point, or if he's going to reveal another cover. This is a place. Oh, the old right? switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does seem kind of placeholdery, but then again, the the red cover being in black and white, maybe black and white means something. Oh, that's true. Could be a a, a whole black and white issue. Uh, it would be interesting, just due to how long things have been. We can quick go over like other covers that were upcoming like 268 uh, that's the cover with Maxine punching uh, Malcolm in the junk and uh 269 yeah. has got the cover with both the Janney twins and the Johnson twins which is a pretty yeah, fun cover SOS West I guess is what they're calling them in the yeah. solicitation so uh those are scheduled for February March and April uh, I wouldn't lay money on that yeah that's soon I'd like to be surprised but uh we'll see well, if this comes out, uh, you know, on January 17th and he can keep them monthly, that would work, but we'll see. I mean, I feel like this issue has been done for a while, so maybe he's catching up. Uh, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. And I don't know, because uh, I know he's been spending a lot of time on these hardcovers. Yeah. Recoloring them and stuff. I don't know if the third volume, I don't know when it gets to a point where he has pages that are that don't need to be recolored. Right. So I think once we get there, we'll probably see some more uh, productivity. Yeah, because he is working. Been spending a lot of time on that. Yeah, the hardcovers take take a lot of work, and I believe last year we had a lull in the last half of the year for similar reasons. Yeah. Because Eric insists on doing everything himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surely interns exist. Hey. Um. One piece of news I did not want to forget, which I was talking about before. Um, I wanted to mention, because probably Mark's too modest to mention it, but uh, Mark's own comic, Gods of Brutality, has got a Kickstarter going. 
that collects his trade. And I don't know if you want to just talk about it for a few minutes, Mark. I think Savage Dragon fans, if they hadn't bought the original issues, would probably jump on this. That you know, it, it seems like it's very, uh, very much a book that a Savage Dragon fan would enjoy. Okay, yeah, I don't want to get too into it, but it's a it's a it, book that feel Rich free Woodall to get, and I had feel to free to get into it. Yeah, well, I don't. It's not a lot to say. Now, uh, Rich Woodall and I put this together. Rich Woodall has also contributed a lot of stuff in the Savage Dragon. I think most recently he did that story with uh, Thor's kid. Right? Yeah. Yep. Mickey. Nick. Mickey. Right. Mickey. Mickey. Yeah. Johnny Raygun, he did a Johnny Raygun Savage Dragon crossover that he put out a couple years ago. So we all know Rich. We love Rich. Uh, I did the art on it. It's about uh, a heavy metal singer from the 1980s who dies and goes to hell. While he's being ripped apart by demons, he prays to any god that will listen to come save him. But uh, Zeus and Odin here, they send their sons Thor and Hercules down to help him out. But they don't get along, so they got to fight their way out of hell together and they all hate each other and it's violent and there's a lot of swears and it's metal and it's four issues that we are collecting into a trade paperback that we are putting out through kickstarter um not sure what else to say about it really so you know there's no uh i just want to say i mean the issues are done so and you've hit your goal so there's no real like uh you know if you pledge you're most you're gonna get it you know it's like there's no risk um, so it's kind of a no-brainer, but so so we just announced. Go ahead, Jim. To just a question, just out of a curiosity, since you are doing this Kickstarter, that means you guys have the rights back to it. Yes, that's excellent news. Yeah, we can put it out now, and then after this, we're gonna try to get our Dracula book out. If somebody ever finishes drawing that, mm. <laughs> air it, air it. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make fun of the artist. <laughs> so, but we just um. The uh, anyone listening that's familiar with the Perhapanots, yeah, I am. Yeah, they were published through Dark Horse and Image and other places. But um, Rich is real good friends with the Craig and Todd for the Perhapanots, and they have a Kickstarter running right now too. And we decided it would be fun that if, if somebody backs our project as well as theirs, they will get an exclusive eleven by seventeen. Uh, poster that was drawn by Craig and myself, featuring characters from the Perhapanots and the Gods of Brutality, although we are drawing each other's characters. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. There's also some great tiers, like, uh, you know, you can get some original artwork or commissions. Yeah, a lot of artwork. Uh, Rich has some original art that he's trying to get rid of. I've got some that I'm trying to get rid of. there's still a lot left. We were doing commissions, and uh, I think there's signed copies that we're doing, and I think stickers and guitar picks. Well, you hit your first stretch goal, so you guys yeah. got to come up with a second one, I guess, right? Right. And when it—that's it's still like about twenty days left, right? So yeah, I think it's going through the end of uh, January. So here. hopefully, we can get this up uh, and. You know the release date of uh, the Savage Dragon issue with some time for people to hear this. Yeah, and also I want to mention we have collected all the covers and all the pinups that were in issue one through four. So you're going to see a lot of familiar folks in there. We got Raven uh, did a pinup for us. Ah, right. Um, yeah, 
Craig McJunkin, who did work on um, Super Freaks. You wanted to call it Freak Force. I almost called it Freak Force. I always do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's got a pinup in there and uh, you know, a bunch of D-Fish that we like. And uh, D-Fish? Was- she drew uh, Super Patriot in the... The, the back inside back cover of uh, Super Freaks on the jam cover, yeah, the jam yeah, piece, yeah. yeah. And uh, Joe Zierman, who did a f- I think it was a Deadly Duo story, yeah. Well, and yeah, I'll, so it's, it's a lot of good stuff in there. I am thoroughly impressed with the book. I can tell you that, you know, honest to god, if you love Savage Dragon, it's the same kind of humor. Um, it's tons of action, tons of awesome double page spreads and I don't know, just all sorts of mutants and kind of creatures and stuff like that, which just is incredible. It's a book that's right up my alley. I hope you guys make more of them. Me too. I hope, I hope we get a chance to make some more because I, I miss drawing them. Well, cool. So should we uh, jump right in? Well, no, we got to do interesting conversations. Oh, you're right. Remember, we have a pecking order to these things. So this... Uh, it's been so long. I'm, I'm you know, got to get back used, back into it. So as this uh, upcoming Savage Dragon issue that we're going to be reviewing uh, ends um, with, uh, with a major uh, return... We thought we might ask uh, the audience this uh, this uh, this episode. Um, who who would you say is the most effective villain in Savage Dragon? Not your favorite, not what you might call the strongest or the greatest, but like what villain would you say is like the most effective at their at their goals, at achieving their 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 aims? And uh, I guess you could kind of lump that into your favorite as well. But just who do you think is like uh, the quote unquote the greatest villain in Savage Dragon in terms of actual, uh, of actual, uh, achievements threat. and threat. Yeah. I'm not going first on this one. Oh. I need to hear someone else first. No. Do you, you want to go? Do you have something? <laughs> well, in I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to say dart. Um, oh. okay. Al- Allison dart. Um, she, for a long time, was one of the most dangerous villains that Dragon and Malcolm have ever faced. She was nuts, but while also being nuts, she managed to, like, rise to the top of the vicious circle and take over through force of arms and strength of arms. And if it wasn't for uh, a random bullet, she probably would still be out there uh, killing everybody in her path. That was crazy that she how she died like so randomly. <laughs> Put yourself out there, you're gonna get catch some debris at some point. That's just the Savage Dragon way. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick, Tim. Um, but yeah, I've always, I always thought Dart as one of the major antagonists was one of the most not only the most like effective but also one of the most creative choices. Because who the fuck would think Dart would be a character of any real? Real long-term substance, really. I certainly didn't. Of course, that god sword did a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, I got one. If, All uh, right. Unless you want to go, Mark. Um, well, I got one. I want to see if it's the same person. On three? <laughs> okay. All right. We'll do it three. I'll count, I'll count right. you down. On three. Okay. Not go. Three. One, 
two, three. Cyberface. Dark Lord. There we go. <laughs> Got a perfect instinct. Perfect. <laughs> Tell us about Cyberface. I got to think he's the most effective when you think of the Savage World and, and what he did. I mean, you know, you talk about supervillains. They always want to take over the world, right? But how many yeah. actually do? He kind of did, didn't he? I mean. Yeah. I actually forgot about Cyberface. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe not in the regular image universe, the Savage World. He, uh, he, had, he, he had was his, pretty he had damn his, effective. <laughs> he was always messed up in the image universe. He never had the opportunity to be. Uh, you know, the monster he could be. Whereas in the Savage World, he had that opportunity and he took it. Took it pretty effectively. I mean, you know, and, and his powers, you know, he could be pretty much anywhere, anytime. Uh, it, he was kind of a, a scary villain for that, you know? Yeah, because he, he could... dumb for saying Dark Lord. Eh? Well, what's your justification for Dark Lord? Well, I was going to say because he sent Dragon to the Savage World, but then in hindsight now with Craig's justification that the only reason that the Savage World was so fucked up was because of Cyberface. So, you know. Are you, are you, are you waffling? I'm waffling a little bit. I always I think, waffle with Dark Lord because I'm not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. If he, what that's he, also good. Oh, he's definitely an antagonist. Yeah. And you know he's he's he he murders for his goals. <clears throat> Entire world. But worlds. is it because he thinks he's doing right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're taking shortcuts to your goals, it makes you a villain. But I feel like also, maybe Dark Lord achieved the most um, in the book with our dragon. Mm, if that right. makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. You mean in the image hey. universe? In the Image Universe, yeah. Which he fucked up completely. Oh, yeah, he blew it up. Blew it the fuck up. He took away its only protector. Dummy. Dragon was there. Universal yeah. would have been defeated, surely. So, no waffle. Uh, double down. Dark Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, by way all, of All good face. picks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's so many other choices. I mean, there, I mean, there's been a bunch. Uh, of course, Overlord and uh, yeah, Soundstorm. Who? Chaos and Control, and but those are those guys are flunkies. I mean, Dung. like oh, but like uh, like um, Undermined. <laughs> like is is Mako an effective villain? You know, for everything he did. I mean, he was always pretty. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call him that effective, really? though. Yeah, he's probably ultimately was, the, the biggest failed villain. I think he's the probably maybe Super Patriot's biggest threat. <laughs> it's true. He did take out Super Patriot. <laughs> he doesn't talk that up enough. Ah, you know what? I mean, he's one of Dragon's biggest threats in terms of like winning fights against Dragon or messing him up. Mako is pretty effective. Yeah, he he's able to hold his own pretty well against him. But he doesn't really have plans or no, schemes. No. He's no end goal. Yeah, just he, violence. Yeah, he's just, I mean, Brainy Ape has more schemes. <laughs> that's true. He, he was able to pull something off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back in like Germany. He was. Before he met Dragon. <laughs> Before he met Hellboy. Right. 
I mean, you you got guys that have the potential to be, you Players. know, effective villains, but you know they're kind of one offs. Like uh, maybe, I mean, Horde's not really a one off, but he could have been more effective. Or Abner Cadaver. Yeah, Abner Cadaver actually killed Dragon though, so you know he's one of those rare, you know, one of that 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 small number of elites who actually killed Dragon. There you go. Him and Dark Lord. So, shall we not hog all the, the, the picks and let our dear listeners in on the fun? Yeah, See what they on. have to say. I'd like to hear some, you know, if you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree vehemently, let us know. If, if uh, there's something out there we missed, tell us. Tell us. Send us letters. You can reach us at savagefincast at gmail.com. And we will read your answers. We'll be we'll read it in February when 268 absolutely <laughs> drops. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. We 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 uh make jokes because we love. Uh so I guess we're now we get into those uh, as our 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 dear missing friend Raven would say those meat and potatoes, the meat and potatoes, the, the review the issue review of Savage Dragon two sixty seven. So uh, we we saw this cover ages ago. Uh, it's very pink, pink upon pink. Uh, what's your triple size thirtieth anniversary special? I gotta say, I prefer the baby blue on the hundred-page spectacular version versus the darker blue on the banner version, mm-hmm. Image Comics Group version. I would have to agree. Yeah, but uh, as we said, this cover was based upon a photograph at a wedding that Eric probably, uh, we believe, attended. Um, it's uh, you know, pretty good. 100 big pages <clears throat> definitely looks uh, you can see those faces there that are digital yeah especially Paul yeah Malcolm looks alright <laughs> I think I think Malcolm does look alright I think Paul looks a little slim uh, because he is he's, he has got dragon's bulk and here he's, he's a little, little slimmer than you would imagine but then again, he'd also cover up everybody in the in that side if he was like properly proportioned. It's true. I didn't real. I you know I wasn't even like realizing it, but that's Thunderhead, right? On oh the, yeah, yeah. He um, yeah, blue guy. He's getting Mike Wazowski'd <laughs> by that random man. <laughs> he's there though. He wants you to know he's there. All right, let's let's jump into this bad boy, this 100-pager. So right off the bat, the return of the most important character in all of Savage Dragon, <laughs> Malcolm's flannel jacket shirt. <laughs> but it's not purple. It's not purple, but you know, I'll take what I can get, because ain't, Malcolm ain't Malcolm without flannel. I, I'll stand by that. That'll, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, he should, it's a splash here. He it. should have that tied around his waist to this very day, is what I say. And what was Angel calling herself when she had this costume? That is Battle Girl. <laughs> who, uh, is, I'll this be honest. Crazy costume. Which, which is uh, not her best look, but it is. I think it's more that she didn't. It is use, a look. 
It is a look, and I think it's more that she just she didn't wear it for that long. I think is the big thing. Although interestingly, it does show up in like Image United, and uh, I feel like it was in some other crossover with uh, some other Image heroes, but I can't remember. I feel like she That's wore weird. it for like ten issues. When that happens, because I know there's been some crossovers where Dragon shows up in his SOS uniform. Mm. Um, like I know there was the one that Jim Valentino did. Was it Altered? Altered Image? Yes. Yeah. I think yes. Yeah, the whole time he's in his SOS. So for people that don't read Dragon, as far as they know, that he wears that all the time, but he really didn't wear it a whole lot in the book. He didn't like it very yeah. much. No. Yeah, we get, yeah, he, he, he gets he gets he gets merged with the Max, I think, and then the Ma- and the Max merger character also wears it. <laughs> Sa- Sa- Comics. Dragax? I think it was Savage Dragax. Savage Dragass. Uh, that is a classic ass looking dragon, though. Uh, was everyone happy to see the Finn return? It looks great. Yeah, <laughs> I have no complaints. I thought I saw that. So I thought it was like, I, I tried to see if it was showed up anywhere else, but it's, I think it's new. What well, that, you know, this is a callback. That drum, Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Isn't that the, um, no, it's not. I thought my, I was going to make it, I was going to say it was very similar to the, um, the eye catch, the, the dragon icon in the corner box of the covers. During the oh column. yeah. It's not, but though, it's, no, think. it's, it's quite different. Which doesn't show up on this issue. No, it doesn't. But it's Malcolm now, anyway. Well, the Malcolm one doesn't show up either. But it's a very classic dragon pose. He's running at me. He's going to pop me in the nose. Some flying rocks. You got some splatter back there. Some ink splatter. Sneakers. I love it. Sneakers, yeah. Shoelaces. Uh, This double-page spread here... um, have we seen these guys before? No, I thought fighting. we had. Yeah. I tried to look and see, and I couldn't because there's a couple other scenes in this issue that are callbacks. Yes, but these guys, I could not find. I could not. I thought there was a scene where Frank got kidnapped, yeah. or was like pinned up as a cop or something. But I don't even think he's not a cop here yet. No, 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 no. He's not. He, no. didn't, he doesn't become a cop until he bulks out, which is well yeah. after this. That, that's how you kind of know where this is set, because because Malcolm's still skinny. Um, I it, think they're in the danger zone still here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they called it, right? The danger yep. zone. It was uh yeah the danger zone. Uh, these are probably just some danger zone goons kidnapping important people because I think Frank uh, Senior would still be alive right now, so Frank Junior would be kind of a high profile target. Perhaps. Um, so as a flashback, it's fun just to kind of go back and see these characters as they were. But I understand that not flashbacks aren't something we see in Dragon very often, especially extended flashbacks like this. But I think this flashback is important because we've known for a while that that Angel and Frankie are an item, but it's been strung out so long even especially with like the, the delays and issues, I think this flashback is useful just to remind us of their relationship. That it isn't just a, a convenience thing that they're two single characters. They they've known each other for a long time. 
Well, and at this point, too, I mean, most of this played out between issues like 130 and like 200. And with the main stuff I was looking at is like between 130s and 170s. So that's almost 100 issues ago. So kind of do need a bit of refreshing, you know. It's interesting here when Dragon's coming through, punching this guy's teeth out. He says, what are you even doing here? Which is a good question. What is he doing there? I think he's more asking, like, why are you doing this? <laughs> what is your plan? Maybe uh, he's talking to the to the the guys he's punching. I do like the the punch with like the four teeth flying out. <laughs> the yeah, classic yeah. speed lines, scratchy panels. I love that Eric returned back to these kind of nineties tropes. scribbly panels like that one with Angel at the top there. Yeah, the ink splatter. So good. These chunky ink lines. I love it. I think this is a, yes. a return to form. Yeah, I'm very, very happy to see this this artwork here. Yeah, I love nothing better than a super thick like outline of like like that one panel where, where uh, Mal- uh, Malcolm's punching the guy in the face, the bam. Just the inks on that guy's face. Amazing. And Nikos is doing, banging it out here, too. The colors look fantastic. Yep. So, yeah, we get this big rescue, and we get the typical Savage Dragon of... Uh, it gets ended by Dragon throwing something through someone's head. Right. It's uh, like a rim. <laughs> gotta be pretty traumatic for a normal kid like Frankie. <laughs> but at least he gets a hug at the end. Uh, and we also ball is so close, so close to her knee. What's that? That little eyeball on the last panel there when they're hugging. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Uh, let me jump forward to I guess when Dragon. Um, this would have been after Virus, right? Because he died. Oh no no no! Wait, what's the timeline here? Was this after he went to space? Dark Doom Lord, uh, Dark Lord killed him. Must be. No. Well, I was I was trying to go back. No, this is not because this is before. Oh yeah, this might. So this, dad, uh, yeah. Sorry. Because Ma- I know Virus shows up at their house when Mildred answers the door. Yeah, this is when they think together. he's Virus because yeah. this is before he died in two twenty five, and this is like. Bef- the the absorbinoids which you'll see later on. No, I mean like I, I, I mean when issues. I mean before one seventy five when Dark Lord killed him. Yeah, so this is bef- right around that. I want to say either the either they're wor- worried because he's virus or because Dark right, Lord. Right, that was that was station. this must be before Emperor Dragon though, or is this after Emperor Dragon? Hmm. Probably should have done a little bit more timeline research on this because I'm having trouble placing it. Yeah, I tried my best to go through some of the stuff before the show, but I ran out of time. Uh, I didn't think I looked up some of the stuff. I didn't think to look up that. Just need to see some covers but. really quick to remind myself. Okay, yeah. So Emperor Dragon. Wait, these are the Zorbanoids. That's in set one seventy four. So this would have been the, so this would have been the first time Dragon would died was against 
was in issue one no one in one fifty. All right, in one fifty, Overlord slash Flash Mercury killed Dragon. Blows up the police station, right? Is that the one? Yes, you're right. And then. Shoot. So this Kerr is... dies in 168. Right. But this is well before that. All right. At least I would think it's before that. Because. Well, remember... yeah. Think think of this like Kerr with the end of the. When when did the end of the world happen? When all the, the Vanguard aliens came? Well, that would have been before this. No, that's a lie. I tell a lie. No, because that's when... Uh, it's like 179-ish, I think. Yes. Yeah, that was later. Because that's when Frank Jr. knocks up Tierra. Right. Because yes. I think the world's ending. He knew and he was dating Angel at the time. One se- yeah, 178, 179 is when Dragon returns from space. Yeah. All right, so anyway... Back to this issue. I'm pretty sure these events take place around uh, just before Emperor Kerr. Uh, probably at this point, uh, Dragon is virus, and they think he's dead, so they've come to stay with Mildred. Um, and of course, uh, Frank Senior dies. Fra- Frank's oh, that okay, right? Right. Oh no, no, right. it's saying it's their father, Frankie. So Dragon's dead. Never mind. I'm well, well no, no, no. Frankie says, when my dad died, I was pretty torn up. And that would have been when the police station got blown up in 150. So, it has to be after 150. So, I think I think it is like 152, 153 that these events okay. take place. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so Someone's going to correct us after they have time to read all this. I think we're going to need to diagram this issue online after this. <laughs> Just build a timeline up. All right, the next scenes I got covered. All right. But uh, anyway, the important takeaway here is that Malcolm and Angel have come to live with Frankie and Mildred. Right. And is that that's going to be in John Day is a cameraman back there, so <laughs> we got him too. So, uh, yeah, well, where do we go after that? What happens when Great. two teenagers occupy the same space? Awkward, ba- awkward bathroom. Comedy. Yeah, this is a new scene we have not seen before. Right. So, kind of a little gag scene. But he's got the same hair Frank Jr. does as he did on the previous page, so it's still around the same time. Must be, yeah. yeah. Although, uh, Angel's hair is shorter. She's got a haircut since the last scene. Oh, that's true. Then the next scene of the Absorbinoids, that's uh, issue 174, where Eric pretty much recreates a, an existing scene in 174. It kind of like redraws it from different angles. Like, I think there's the one bottom panel where she's like, uh, Angel's reaching for a gun. Yeah. That is actually almost the same exact as a panel in, in 174, except for I think he redrew it. The other panels are new, but they're just kind of different viewpoints of the same scene. And then the next page is completely redrawn panel for panel 
word for word from was that 176? Yes. It's the same panels, but they're all redrawn, but the same exact like uh, you can compare them, but it's I, I it wonder, looks like almost like it's the same pencils, different inks, but I'm pretty sure it's right. just redrawn. I wonder if he. Well, re- this was around the time when Eric was drawing heads really tall, so maybe he wanted to redraw it so he could make their heads the proper size. That that, that yeah. was my that was my um, question was whether this was during uh, tall head era and that he redrew yes, it be- just to make it in more uh, um, um, more in line with what the current art is. Yeah, the original ones it was much looser. This this looks better, honestly. Yeah, Angel looks more um, drained. I don't know what's the word I want to yeah. use. Yeah, drained. Yeah, like, yeah. They absorb, she's still got the effects of the absorb noise. She's all embarrassed emaciated. about her looks. Yeah, emaciated. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's the ty- uh, uh, Tyranus Combine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get to revisit that fun time. <laughs> So this is uh, where they think the world's ending. Frank was still dating Angel, but hooked up with uh, Tierra. And I don't know if this... I, I didn't compare this with that issue There was if a, it was redrawn. The page in 179 between Angel and Malcolm, where, they, where she's asking him to make love to her, Mm-hmm. A lot of the dialogue is lifted exactly from that page, except it was between two different characters. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Oh, right, because that was also when Angel and Malcolm were having their kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so... That was 179, was that scene. So was this scene kind of off-panel? Yeah, I don't think we saw these two characters in this situation, in that issue. I think it was the aftermath. Yeah, I think we heard we, about we it. We found out yeah. about it. That's funny. Nice little yeah, Easter egg there. The next page was uh, when Frank's telling Angel about uh, about his little thing. That is the same page from 184. It is? Yeah, 184. Yeah, between Frank and Angel. It is kind of an interesting page because there's like no background to most of it, which is kind of unusual. Um, to me, um, that zipatone thing at the top is kind of interesting, though. The way it like frames Angel. I really like uh, this the art on this page, like the faces. Yeah, like the the second panel of uh, Frank is very classic uh, Larson face. Yeah, it's I feel almost like, like it looks like Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great faces, great uh, expressions on this. All drawn without photo reference. Yeah. Look how beautiful they are. But yeah, that that page, that whole page is taken directly from what you. I mean, it's, it's also redrawn, but. What issue is that in? That was one eighty four. I took, I took, I took, I took a couple notes before I got on here, but yeah, that was one eighty four. Damn, someone's doing the heavy lifting. Um, so the after we... that, I don't know. Oh. 
Jeez. The montage of all these are the smaller. Oh yeah, we get we. we, I I didn't clock those ones. That's okay. They're all over the place, and mostly it seems to be here to assassinate Tierra's character. I think a lot of them are from, uh, like, uh, 185, the I Need You, Frank. That panel is redrawn from that. Uh, and then it's, like, a mix between 185 to 200. Like, just, I, I don't think all of them. Like, the C, the You Like What You See, that was, that wasn't in there, but there's, like, a similar scene where she's wearing the same thing and, like, uh, Malcolm is staying with them for, like, a period of time and she's kind of you know prancing around half naked making things uncomfortable yeah we'll, so we'll have to make a diagram a flow chart of all these panels and where they showed up i don't know i just got kind of hung up on how uh awful it frames tiara as uh i don't think that give up your dreams panel is from a previous issue i think that's new well, she was kind of a bitch. Oh, I mean, she was, but... I mean, I remember at one point, I don't know, there's a panel here where she was like, I think it was after like the threesome or something, she uh, told Maxine, she was like, yeah, I'm going to steal Malcolm now, whether you like it or not, basically. But uh, She yeah, was we... not a nice person. But yeah, we basically get a recap of... Uh... All the their lives up to this point with the with the babies and the and the uh, the what have you, and then then we get one panel of the merging of multiple Earth stuff. Frank's uh, receding hairline. Oh, poor bastard! Makes sense. His dad, right? Yeah. Right. But uh, finally, we get out of the flashback stuff and back to the present day, and the wedding. Is uh, is happening? Of course, Malcolm B. Yeah, I feel like this is when the issue starts. <laughs> yeah, on my first read, I felt like it was too much flashback. I mean, it's thirteen what do you pages. Guys it's, think? it's thirteen pages of flashback. Just, do you think it was necessary, or do you th- you think it's just right? Too much? I think it was necessary if this is someone's first issue, which uh, might. Because it is sort of an anniversary issue of sorts, which is something to be considered. Basically, it helps us helps a reader understand why these two characters are care about each other and the stuff they've gone through over the years. Um, I think, I think, without the context of knowing where these scenes are placed in history, though, like there isn't any kind of like timestamp on any of them, so sometimes it's hard to tell that time is passing. No, yeah, I'm trying to imagine myself as a new reader. Yeah, I think I think Would you I know, feel like this is helpful or more confusing. Right. It's it's weird because you know, sometimes he puts those little footnotes there when you're like, "Oh, yeah, all right." And then other times he doesn't. And this seems like a spot where it would have been great to to just put little the little editor's footnotes or whatever of what issues I mean, spans or something. Savage Dragon is real time. So if you just put like years on each page where the year uh advances that might have helped, yeah. at least on the pages, the f- on the full pages, maybe foot- on the uh, the mini pa- panels. I feel like the footnotes would probably just interrupt the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's all real fast-paced here. Boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom. True. It's like not even having full conversations here. True. So- or maybe even if, like, there's a caption, I just said, 
you know, on that first page, like 19 whatever, or 2000, sorry, 2012, I don't know, whatever it was. Right. For a new reader, it's a little confusing. Like, oh, what the heck's going on? Yeah, your, your timestamps would have been something like 2009, 2012. Um, yeah. I don't know. But maybe you're right, Mark. It might have uh, been a little much. Speaking of a little much, um, Maxine's still on her bullshit, I see. <laughs> but we should probably talk about best man Malcolm. Uh, I assume he's the best man. He must be the best man, which is odd because him and Frank, I mean, I guess they are, I mean, they are friends, but you, you don't really think of them as best friends because they've been apart so long, so much. Yeah, I wonder if, you know, it's more of a, he's the best man because he's the angel's brother, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and also, I mean, Tira never let him have a life, so maybe he doesn't have any friends. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know who any of his friends are that aren't involved with and, and also, an angel. Also, I mean, don't forget, he was in the in the Chicago Police Force and got his brain clocked in by what's-his-face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, the, the Dick Tracy even, guy. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think he's even still a cop right now, so he probably left all of his <laughs> friends behind. Yeah, uh, yeah. who knows? I mean, it's not something you probably, Eric, would dwell on just because there's not enough time and right. pages to, to dedicate to that stuff. But uh, probably more for just ease of storytelling. But uh, Malcolm's kind of a dick here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these guys are... He's like, you need to step up your game. She's been with a few superheroes, including me, basically, is what he's saying. Right. Yeah. To be honest, everyone in Malcolm's family is kind of a dick here. <laughs> uh, everyone involved is being a dick to Frank. Yeah. Malcolm's giving advice that he's got to gotta lay out the pipe, and Maxine's in there <laughs> uh, getting his, his, his soon-to-be wife off. Like what the fuck, Basically girl? Basically telling her, like, yeah, Frank can't do as well as I can, so enjoy this while you can. You know, you know, it's strange. Like, I'm surprised Eric didn't do like in past issues, like a bachelorette party or bachelor party like scene. It seems like that's something he wouldn't have passed up <laughs> with Maxine. But anyway, didn't they? Did they? I don't remember. I think she went to the strip club. Oh, really? I can't remember, man. And then man. was grabbing so all those long. guys' dongs. Was that a bachelorette party? No, I don't think it was. Was, was that it? just them out on the town? Yeah, I don't know. And then that, and then it was filmed, and then like it got released. Yeah, yeah. I tried to push that out of my head. I couldn't remember. It was very it was weird. So yeah, so, so... there's a... Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. You go. No, uh... You just remind us of the spot when you think there's a change that happens. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So anyway, yes, we get the pre the pre um the pre wedding stuff, which is you know in stories like this you often get the the nervous bri- groom and nervous bride stuff. Uh, of course, this is Savage Dragon, so it's got a little get a, get a little gross at some point. Uh, but then we get the actual wedding procession. And uh, I believe it's Amy as the flower girl. I think uh, Maddie's probably still too young for that kind of thing. Uh, we get catch up with Mildred and uh, Frankie's daughter, um, uh, Layla. Yeah, Layla. Layla. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, her and her and Angel, I think, already get on well, so that'll work out. 
Uh, we get Maxine not wearing any underwear because she's continued to be Maxine. <laughs> and uh, then we get the we get a panel where uh, uh, Frank is looking a little nauseous, and uh, Malcolm saying, "You okay, Frank?" We get some more. We get the freak, freak forces here. I wonder how much confusion there would be of people seeing Dart <laughs> that aren't like, you know, major followers of the book or you know, or just newer Somebody readers. Checks in once <laughs> like in a what? While. What is this? Last I time I saw her, <laughs> you know, didn't I, she get shot in the fucking brain? <laughs> you know, I uh, I I just noticed now, um, Ricochet's looking a little rough. Age is catching yeah. up with her. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe I do got a. That elastic or uh, that rubbery skin of hers. Yeah, right. Exactly. What was that in um, Freak Force? Isn't she like immortal or something? No. No. There was something about her blood. And it's, she oh, had um, bouncy blood. Right. <laughs> She's like speedball. Yeah. It turned it into a ball and bounced it around the room. I do got to give Eric props. So, like, he does a good job drawing the different darts making them look different, you know? Yes. Fate, for, like their facial features and everything? Yeah, for a character yeah. that has the same exact outfit, like, mm-hmm. he does a good job, like, you know, making, you know, the evil dart kind of look mean, you know, and just have a different, a little bit different facial uh, features. I forget what this dart's name is even is. We've seen her so little. I can't remember either. Yeah. And of course, Paul is uh, walking Angel down the aisle. Uh, Frank's starting to get excited about the wedding, and uh, Malcolm is congratulating him. And they get the vows and do the vows, and Frank is really excited. <laughs> and, uh, get the big. Uh, and then we get we get John Day in here again. He's the priest, wasn't he? The cameraman earlier. We're also seeing his yeah. eyes a little clearer than usual. <laughs> I think it's the first time I've seen his eyes. What? <laughs> no. Camera doesn't usually zoom in this far. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get the big uh, kiss. Kiss the bride. That's and... a really good uh, page, too. That splash page with them kissing. Right. It's really nice. I feel like you always expect, like, after a page like this, there's just be some giant laser that's going to blow through yeah. one of the characters this, and kill them. I feel like it's <laughs> one of the most shocking pages in the book because <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, things start taking it through one successful wedding there in the, in the entire book. Well, Paul and Mal- uh, Alex got married without any ch- any monsters coming out of the lake, so, you know. That's true, you're right. There's one. It's, it is rare, though. Well, we can agree that it's rare. But, um, things definitely take a turn next. Uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. So, what we're shown is uh, Frankie taking, uh, Angel off, and they have sex on top of the wedding cake in public. Yeah, which is uh, in front of children. Yeah, in front. Yeah, you're right. The kids are there. <laughs> they're all looking like they're so far away, but you could just imagine they're all just like, "What the hell?" And the wait staff. They're just like, uh, oh, cake's gone." 
And just when you think, what the fuck's going on? Smash cut to Dimension X. And who is it but Mr. Glum? But is it Mr. Glum? No, it's not Mr. Glum. Frankie has been swapped bodies with Mr. Glum. Did you, um, when you saw the, the, the table scene, did that automatically remind you of the callback with Glum and kind of make you it think did. Glum? Because that's what it, it did to me. Yeah. It, I wasn't expecting Glum to show up, but that visual definitely is, that's, that's definitely Glum's fuck style. Right. From a very specific issue. I think it's like 220, maybe, just before, just, it's just before Angel, uh, Savage World Angel dies, I think. But it was like, yeah, one of the opening s- scenes, right? Right. Yeah. And it was shocking then. Yeah. Uh, I when I checked it though, it was actually less graphic than this. I mean, it, it was graphic, but I don't think her tits were hanging out quite as far. Um, yeah. Did you find the issue? Uh, I think, like I said, I think it was like 220. Let me double check real quick, because I did look it up. Okay. I guess it doesn't really matter. But... It it does not, but... I don't think it was that far back. Well, remember, 223 was like merging a multiple Earth. Actually, you know what? You're right. I think it was sooner than that, because it would have been... I think it was 208, maybe, or 207. 208. Let me check something real quick. I found all. I guess these. he has been gone that wa- that long. Hmm. Well, well, he, well. Okay, Glum's been gone since two twenty five. That was the last time we saw Glum. Yeah. Because he faked his death, um, after Dragon died, and basically told us the audience that I faked my death. I'm gonna go off and do my own thing, and when they least expect it, bam, I'm gonna be there. And this is clearly the 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 fruition of his plan, uh, to steal Angel, because that was of course his goal. Uh, back during the merging of the multiple Earths, was to merge his angel with this angel and convince her to come with her, come with him. It was 207, by the way, yeah. 207, oh. okay, that's right. So 207 wow. is where the humping scene comes from. <clears throat> yep. And 225 is when we last saw Glum. It's the same shot, she's in the same pose. Same sound effects there. And same dialogue. Yep. Well, I'll be honest. When I saw it, the dialogue is what gave it away. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Frank's woken up. He's in Glum's body in Dimension X. And he is with the young angel that we also saw at the end of 225 that uh, she got... She got cut out of a uh, Jennifer that was in a tube, one of Dark Lord's Jennifers. And I, I guess she's been growing up with Glum this whole time. And uh, the machinery that was used to swap their brains uh, has been destroyed, so Frank's stuck in Dimension X. And presumably he uh, does not have Glum's uh, uh, technological prowess, so how is he going to get home is a question. Um, and how long is it going to take for everyone to figure out Glum is in Frank's body? So when did the swap happen is the question that immediately will jump to anyone's mind who makes this last page turn. Now, I thought, 
initially that the, the whole reason we had the extended flashback is that the swap would have happened in the past and Glum has been playing the long game for a long time. But it turns out, no, the swap just happened. Um, you see it on page... I lost count. Shoot. The page right before Angel walks down the aisle, uh, panel four, when uh, when Frank holds his face. Because you'll notice as soon as that happens, his whole demeanor changes and he starts saying creepy things. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where the swap happens. So this is an immediate thing that's just, just happening. So how do you feel about this? About this being the return to Glum and in this method? I don't like it. You don't like it? No. Uh, I, uh, I, I want... So... I was hoping for a new villain. Like, they're in a new location. It's kind of... I don't know. It feels like a good reset. I'm kind of... I feel like Glum is kind of played out. Like, he's had his time. I think it's a little creepy. I don't oh, it's like the... absolutely creepy. He's a little creep yeah, creep. It's gross. And uh, um, arguably rapist. Yeah... Yeah, I don't like to think about it like that, but it, it is true. <laughs> I'm kind of um, on the same page with you, Greg, where I was expecting a new threat um, to show up. And but I'm, we knew Glum was going to show up again eventually anyway. This I, isn't quite what I was expecting. But yeah. with the solicitation and everything, it's like there's a threat looming. I don't remember the exact wording. But I think we were all ready for a new villain I just feel like where do we go with this yeah. well I don't know that's an interesting something I really care about like Glum had a major arc with the merging of the multiple earths and stuff we just kind of it's not like we just did it but it, it was not that long ago like let's let's put him away for a while and let, I really just want a new super bad. I mean, I thought we were going to get that with Scourge when he came out and that didn't happen. I'm just longing for the next, you know, dark, dark Lord, uh, overlord type character. All right. I'm going to be the controversial one and say, I don't hate this. Mm -hmm. I think this makes perfect sense for Glum's character that Glum has been become obsessed with Angel. And that's been the case for a while. Um, initially, he just wanted to conquer the world. And then he kind of wanted to protect Angel. And then he wanted to um, have Angel. And then he lost her. And I think he's become completely obsessed with her. So, to me, crashing this wedding is like his ultimate revenge. Uh, not only on the alternate Angel who rejected him, but, you know, Malcolm and everyone else who stands in his way. And I think this method of like swapping Frankie out while really fucked up is the kind of really fucked up thing I like seeing in Savage Dragon. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate the idea. Because I know Eric's going to do something fun with it. But I just was so ready. Like Craig, I was just so ready for something new. Yeah. I think that's really the only problem that I have with it. Concept-wise, you're right. It works. It's within character. It's it's consistent with his character. Um, 
But even like reading the issue, because uh, I was like, when when's the bad guy gonna show up? When's the bad guy gonna show up? I'm like, we're running out of pages. Yeah. You know, I thought he forgot. I guess the uh, flashback also helps add a little bit of action to this issue too. It does. Do you? Um, I remember when I first read this, I, because I didn't know when the switch happened. Right. Until you told me, Jim. Um, I thought it may have been worked a little bit better if we saw the switch earlier, um, or not that we saw, but it happened earlier, and we could place it earlier, and we could see. Frank Jr.'s life through the perspective of Glum. Right. But not knowing it was him until the very last page. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good thought. Yeah. Well, here's the rub. Because otherwise it seems like it's a retread of things that we've read before. Here's the thing. It's really a question of how long is Glum going to be able to maintain this, 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 this cover? Because I can't see Glum maintaining this cover for very long at all. Um, if only because he, I doubt he really knows Frank very well. And he's not going to care about Frank's daughter or his mother. So the real question is, how is he going to deal with other relationships that don't give him away immediately? Because Angel knows Glum because she has the memories of the alternate Angel. His tendencies should be obvious, I'll be completely honest, uh, to her. So my hope is that this grand plan of his fails immediately it fizzles up pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what the next issue is and like how Glum Frank is dealing with this. I hope it does I hope I hope I I hope he gets found out quickly. That's all I uh, I'm gonna say. Is that I don't want him to be Frank for a long time. Because I honestly think as a character he can't do it. I don't think he's capable. And also the longer it goes on, the more heinous it gets. Um, I do will say this, putting Frank in Glum's body in Dimension X opens up a couple of very interesting avenues because there are still some unresolved things in Dimension X that might get dealt with. Like, for example, the hand that came out of the uh, dead Jennifer's body that that was set up ages ago. Uh, That's never been resolved. So there might be a way to dovetail those two things together. Um, I was just looking up the cover for the next issue. 268 is the one with Maxine punching Malcolm. Yep. What if it does fizzle out real quick with Frank and he just ends up body swapping with everybody? Mm, yeah, that could that be interesting. If, if he starts body hopping. Hmm. That that's actually not a bad thought. That would be fascinating. The other thing I think that could be kind of cool is if you know he's got Frank's body, but it doesn't just have to be normal Frank. He could build some kind of costume or suit. And it almost, I mean, even though it's glum, it, it's kind of like almost like a different villain in a way. What do you what, what do you like mean? Some kind of like some kind of super villain costume or suit. Oh, eventually, oh, oh, using Frank's body. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be kind of funny to see Frank in like a power suit of some kind. Yeah. Of course, Glum is also vain because he also likes to like carve planets into his image. Will he start carving yeah. lines <laughs> on his face to make himself look more handsome? <laughs> really mutilate Frank's body. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Because I wasn't expecting this. I have no idea what comes next. And that's always my favorite thing about Dragon. Yeah, and that's kind of why I like the ending, too. Is that it, isn't, it, it literally took me aback. I did not expect it. I had absolutely yeah. no notion of it. And now there's a ton of possibilities of where this fucked up story could go. Um, I have a few places I'd like it to go. Uh, but, you know, I'm not writing the book. But um, I, I dig it, but I can understand why, A, it feels tired because it's glum again. B, it's too fucked up even for this book. And C, um, um, oh, I had a C. It's gone now. Hmm. No, that's it. That's it. I, um, I just, I don't like the, the banging scene. It's, it's a little too over the top. It's kind of silly, but, you know, whatever. Um, I did like Dragon more and it was a little more toned down when like the sex scenes were every once in a while and it seems like the sex scenes just become the focus and I thought we were getting away from it but this issue is like the major events all kind of Resolve, revolve around <laughs> sex yeah and it's just like uh, I'm kind of tired of that like I, yeah. I don't know because not only do we get like like the bathroom scene and not only do we get Maxine doing her thing and not only do we get Glum doing his thing, I mean, yeah, this issue it, is chock full of, full of people who don't like that stuff aren't going to like this issue. And it's not like I don't, I don't hate it, hate it, but I just, I just feel like it just, it's, it's like too much. It's like let's, I, I just wish pages were dedicated to other things that I care more about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I I, not even and that last scene I just feel like is just kind of gross like you, I feel like there's just ways that it could have been implied that I don't know I, I just but then you I don't lose like the it. direct callback to eh, yeah I, I, I totally get that I just feel like it's kind of rapey gross that I didn't need to see that but weird I don't know it's going to add more fuel to the fire for all the haters too but yeah, I guess I shouldn't be concerned about that. Yeah, but they're not buying the book anyway, so. Yeah. Well, they might. This has been um, advertised as a anniversary special. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should probably mention Which this is... is the 30th anniversary of the ongoing series. Uh, I think it's about half a year late, which is pretty good for image anniversaries. And that's usually when new people check it out or old readers that haven't read it in a while, they kind of come back around to it and say, oh, it's his anniversary. Let's see what's going on in Dragon. And, and this is such a strange anniversary story. It really because, is. Because of... I felt like... Wasn't 225 like that, too? Where it was just like... Was it 225 with the threesome? Or was that... Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, what number are you saying? Which one was the one with the threesome? Was it 200 or 225? Oh, it, it, 200 I, maybe. No? Maybe 200. I, I don't think it's 200 though. Let me check real quick. Where it was like not much action, which is odd for Savage Dragon, but it, you know. And I feel like this issue is almost the same thing where it's like, it's really odd to just have talking heads, but he waited for an anniversary issue to do it. <laughs> No, 200 was like when they teamed up with Skinny Dragon. Um, I feel like the threesome was before that, but I can't remember what the actual number was. Yeah, but 200 was like, 
maybe what I'm thinking of because there's not a lot of action. There, there, there isn't. It's no. mostly like a, a sex scene and like a lot of talking. And I felt like that was the same thing where it was like, man, you got a big anniversary issue. People come back to check it out and there's like not – it's not a typical Savage Dragon issue. And I feel like this issue is the same thing. And I feel like there's just a lot of callback and people made who might have not read this in a while or new people are just going to not care. But It's a tough issue. As I know when the issue with Paul's backstory was taught all through like quick flashbacks. Yeah. I don't remember the issue number, but that one worked really well because we didn't know anything about Paul other than what we had read from graphic fantasy and megaton and interviews from eric over the years so it was nice to see all this stuff about this character we didn't really know a whole lot about yes yeah. i feel like we didn't really learn anything new about frank from any of these flashbacks right if you're a long time reader and if you're yeah. not it's still kind of confusing right because there's just so much to go through it's a but. lot to dump at once um I think for new readers, they'll be confused. Old old readers will feel like they've read most of this. Already. Yeah. I, overall, this issue just did not click with me. I don't know if I can complain too much. I feel like the four issues that we got in 2023 were really good, especially like the Paul Dragon issue was like the story of Paul was like one of my favorite issues in a while. Right. Um, I really enjoyed the Samurai issue. So I, I know they've all got to be kind of, you know, they all can't be your favorites for the, but this I one for also, me. Yeah. I feel like if this was just a regular issue, not a 100 page spectacular anniversary issue and something that came out like relatively on time, not something we've been anticipating for months. Sure, sure. That's fair. You know, I feel like it wouldn't have been as big as of my... a kick in the balls. Yeah, that's fair. But it's just months and months of building us up. New dragons coming, new dragons coming, new dragons coming. I think the other part of that, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon, is these backups. And maybe yes. this is a good segue to get into it. And I, th I think that adds to it as well. The overall um, feeling of this issue in general. So shall we jump right into it? To the next phase, the backups. Yes, yes. So we got a kind of a fun like uh, freak force versus vicious circle uh, pinup. Yeah, it's fun. Do we know who the artist is? I have the digital like advanced it's copy, so it doesn't. A R are the initials. I don't know who that is. I don't recognize the art. It's one of, has, has uh, Powerhouse fighting Mighty Man, which uh, honestly is something we don't see enough of. I want to see those two punch each other someday. See, Powerhouse usually knows to run away when Mighty Man shows up. Right. Because they're probably too evenly matched. I thought this, this looked like, because it's all blue, I assume this was in some kind of like danger room, but it looks like they're, they're in like an alley. Yeah, those are houses. Those are how those are buildings, yeah. Yeah. This, um, I was trying to think of what art this reminded me of. 
And at first I was thinking like uh, almost like Jason Howard's uh, Wolfman art in a way. Yeah, a little bit. That pinup. It reminded me of something. I think that's probably what it is. It's it's a little more... It's different, but it reminded me in that vein of like that that Wolfman art. The astounding Wolfman. No one talks about that anymore. Big line weights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of cartoony. So AR, whoever you are, well done. And then we get North Force. So yeah, this with is Nikos this, back on art. Yeah, this is fun just to get that story of what happened when they were off world. Um, so this continues from Savage Dragon two fifty nine slash North Force Zero. Yeah, they're off with. Cap- I love the look of this so much, Nikos. The coloring, the way it looks old and uh, like almost European. It's kind of got that kind of little bit of like that blur on it, right? Like the yeah, it looks real cool. It's definitely like something you don't see much in American comics. He's really developed a great little like cartoony sense to his style. Like very nice, it flows. Like he's one of those dudes that's just talented, right? Talented colorist, artist, inker. What, what, Very loose, what, but still has a lot of energy there. What drives yeah. me what drives me crazy as a wannabe artist is if you look on the big splash page, second page, and you look at um uh what's his name? Uh the rocket guy. I forget what his name is. Jet. Jet Jet. His backside is like three lines. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I wish I could do that. <laughs> it's easy. you just gotta know where to put the lines. Right. But uh, yeah, it's 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 super clean like line art and and yeah the the way the coloring is done with the with the the odd like blur effect is, is it's very unique. You don't see comics that look like this. It looks watery, watercolory. And- I wouldn't even call it European because I don't think I've seen stuff like this in European comics. At least not the ones I've read. Just very much his thing. I like his stylization of the North Force guys. He does a great job of them. They look super cool. I think what's actually what's really cool about this story is not only is it like the story of what happened on the Stone Guy planet. Yep. They, they find a they find a um, a personal story to tell within the story uh, between uh, the the Jet and Raptor. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is actually about. Is uh, a near death experience and uh, what happens when things kind of mirrors what happens with uh, Frank Jr. when they thought the world was going to end too, right? Right. And, um, of course, the punchline also- is that, of course, the all they have to do is activate the device. There's nothing special about it. They didn't have to do anything nope. really spectacular to win this fight. I mean, it also gives a little more characterization to the Canadian, too, right? He comes off as, like, such a dick. Oh, yeah. He's a major dick. And he really doesn't like Malcolm. Because uh, no. that's, that's kind of like... He bitches about him the whole trip. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because cause that's kind of like the, the what this is all about, is that these characters are kind of like 
selfish in like how they protect their identity even from their family. So like mm. the the dedication to the to to the to the mission takes priority over everything. And that's kind of right. what the Canadian kind of comes across as a dick so much is because from his point of view, that's the correct way. But as you know, we see between these characters and their relationship, uh, maybe that's not the healthiest uh, thing to do. Because if they but die you can out see here, both sides, right? If they die out here, no one's going to know what happened to them. But you could see it from his side, right? If you have uh, alien forces coming, you need you know a team that you can depend on, right? That's ready to go at any minute. Kind of like, uh, I don't know, Army Special Forces or something, you know? That's ready to be on call. I don't know. I think Tootsie's more on the side of it's more important to fight, you know, for what you're caring for. Right. Well, that's the kind of the story, the main thing, the the underlining story, right? Yeah. And at the the same time, and at the same time, yeah, Malcolm was probably kind of a dick too to not come help uh, when the threat was real. Because I mean, there's two side, there's two extreme ends of this, and one of them is Malcolm saying, "No, I can't go. I got kids." The other one is saying, "Yes, we're going to go." Uh, and abandon all of our families to our unknown fate. Uh, both sides are bad. Not ideal. Yeah. I can't keep help. Like, I can't stop thinking in this story, though, that, like, Raptor is really an elderly woman. That's true. <laughs> she isn't right now, though. I don't even know what she is right now. Some kind of red creature. All I know is I didn't. I, I really like the look of this, but uh, I gotta beat up on Nikos a little bit because I feel like some of the storytelling in his pages is a little unclear. Like where the the uh, like the who's saying what? Well, not even that, but just like where they are and what's happening. Yeah. Um, because there was that scene where they're fighting the rock monster, right? And then he gets crushed by looks like a gear. Yep. Like, I didn't know what that was until like I flipped the page and I saw the other gears. Oh, they're on moving uh, platforms. Thought... They're, they're on moving platforms and the gear is part of I thought moving. he just fell off and hit the gear and smashed or something. No, he got punched Maybe. into he got punched into an elevator like uh crank. Cuz that that's oh, remember is that, that what that is? Yeah, cuz um if you go to 1 2 3 wait, no. 4 page 5 um you'll see like two big gears on the wall. And you'll see like yeah. a bunch of platforms attached to the wall. Like they're they make a comment of how they got all the way up here, and it's because she was perched on an elevator platform and it took her up. And that yeah. and that isn't really and you're right, that isn't really clear unless you really pay attention. Uh, but that is also something very hard to depict in static images. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. tries here on the previous page with all those speed lines right. heading yeah. towards it. It looks like it's going up, but it's it's a little unclear. Um, but it looks great. <laughs> There's that one panel over there, like in silhouette. It looks kind of like they're boning. <laughs> like, what's going on there? Yeah. Like they're they're hooking up in the middle of this. They're going that fast. Yeah, I didn't even realize that, that that platform was rising until you mentioned it. You're right. There are some. But you're going back speed lines. on the page where the the splash page. There's a little Kirk and a Blum 
which I assume are sound effects of the platform rising, maybe. Yeah, but it's they're so close to those to the battle. You think there might be yeah. coming from the battle? Yeah. Do we blame Nikos or do we blame the writer? Well, I think some of it, like there's some other things where it's like I'm unsure who's saying what. Well, that's uh, the weird thing is that this has a writer. Um, I don't really yeah. think I know who Tom uh, Pitchuk is. Pinchuk? It's name, I don't recognize it doesn't jump out at me as a name I'm familiar with. Um, and it's not terribly common for a backup not to be written by Eric. So, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if I can do a quick search and find out about this Pinchuk character. I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, though. I don't want to beat it up or anything. I, I think no, the art's I fantastic. I think, like you guys said, this nice little like interpersonal story within a bigger kind of battle story. Um, I think it is the exact kind of backup you want to see in a 100-page giant like this. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I wish there were a lot more stories like this in this issue. Yeah, I mean, it fills in some time gaps and gives a little more characterization to, to guys that haven't had a lot of, you know... Screen time or exposure. Screen time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I thought... Yeah, Nico's handled the characters really well. There's some nice characterization. It's good to see them fighting those rock guys. Yeah, his... bit of an abrupt ending. Yeah, well, it's a short, really... that's, that's short stories for you. Yeah, I really like his uh, his style in this, like his take on these characters. They they just look so cool. I would like to see more um, North Force by Nikos, please, yeah. or anything from Nikos. I think I really like the style that he's drawing it. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Um, then we do get another backup. This one by uh, Simon Elite Saint Pierre, which uh, who absolutely who is... terrific. Always welcome his stuff too. This is a fun adventure in San Francisco with uh, it's called Gentrify, and it's uh, yep. very much uh, a San Francisco tale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's great. Just even for the backgrounds, I mean, you really get the feel. You know, you got the the steep streets and the row homes. Yeah. It, you see the, the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, you really get the feel that they're there. It's unmistakably San Francisco. The homeless guy. The tech bros. The tech brotherhood. Is it? Do you think it's tech brotherhood or tech brotherhood? Oh, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> startup algorithm and chad is another one it's very loose art style um no panel borders but um looks great i love it yeah stories again very simple but it's fun i think he his style matches like the kids adventures really well too like i've liked Absolutely. what he's done Absolutely. This crazy uh, homeless guy. Yeah, that's that's probably the funniest part about it is that he's, <laughs> you know, he's the victim, but he's also in kind of a nut. 
Yeah, just really doesn't care. Anyway. He doesn't care or know what's going on half the time. <laughs> uh, and that's just funny because the kids don't realize, you know, they're just... You know, they're doing their hero thing. Yeah. Uh, also, I also love how the robot's shit because he's crowdfunded. Uh, built by the lowest bidder, I suppose. Yeah, they didn't even really beat him up. They hit him once, looks like, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, he broke his own fist on the concrete. Yeah, yeah he they missed. all yeah. He starts him falling once. apart immediately. <laughs> he broke his smart fist. The government, they control the snails. It's a great ending. I like, uh... Yeah, they're trying to help this guy. He has no, like you said, he has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Every line he says is very, very funny. And these bro guys... Um... Where, let's see, where were they? Uh, yeah, the smartwatch. He broke the smartwatch. Even the tech robot has got his, like, latte. Some coffee. <laughs> yeah. This is a fun story. I, like I, I love Simon's inking style, too, where he's got, like, thick, thick lines, thin lines. Mm-hmm. Like, just, uh, it's just really fun to look at. He um he's a great cartoonist. Yeah, and he gets the fins right every time. Yeah. Then uh, we get about what sixty pages of uh, Vanguard. Yep. Yeah. So the Megaton reprints, right? Megaton, what two and three? We get now in color. Yeah, this Vanguard, this first Vanguard story is from, isn't this from issue um, two, right? Issue two of Graphic Fantasy. No, no, it's from Megaton. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He already printed all the Graphic Fantasy stuff. Right. That's okay. It. Yeah. And then Megaton I, was introduced. Uh, introduced Vanguard. The for issue one was the one where he fought like those um, Russian robots. Yep. I will say it's fun to see the coloring because he does go the extra mile to like make it look oldie timey. Yes. Uh, and fade the paper and give it that 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 crinkly look. Um, so it is it is cool for that reason. But we've seen these stories reprinted so many times at this point. I mean, at this point, this very the, recently and, too. And, the Megaton collection just came out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was in black and white still. So the big difference is that he recolored all of these and i don't think i would have had as much a problem if he just did like you know one of the issues in this and gave us some more backups i don't know the background in this maybe he you know didn't get enough submissions or just i don't know didn't have time i don't know what it was but it just felt like this hundred pager suffers with too much of the recolored megaton stuff I think that uh, tied with the fact that a lot of the stuff in the main story was flashbacks. Uh, the majority of this book feels like stuff that we've already seen. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't reread this because I've read it multiple times. I mean, it's fun to look at it in color, but I wasn't all that excited by it. I mean, I am glad it got colored. That's all I, you know, that's what I can say. Right. 
And it looks good. He did a great job coloring it. Yeah. Just wishing maybe it would have, you know, maybe could have put issue two, Megaton 2 in this one and saved the other one for another issue and gave it's us a few more backups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely would have liked to have seen more backups, more cool stuff. Like uh, Simon and Nico's did. Right. And there's a couple things. There's the Megaton ad. Yep. I don't know if that, that looks like that's been recolored and uh, the Berserker. The Berserker. Berserker coming in 1986. Right. Drawn by Eric in 1984. They've been sitting on that art for two years. Well, I think from everything I've read with the Megaton stuff, I mean, they only came out like maybe twice a year because it was hard to round up all the artists. I think there was something in there where Gary Carlson was like, you know, looking back, I should have just had Eric draw the whole thing. (laughs) And he would have. (laughs) Yeah, so that's Megaton. Did you have anything else to add about these Megaton stories? No. No. just rereading like even like the number two i forgot how much like what's what's is it roxanne mega yeah, uh, vanguards yeah roxanne like how much she's like just like in love with vanguard and like doesn't want to even like <laughs> she just wants to jump straight to the jumping his bones like if you read it's like i don't remember it being like that but there it is and uh, the other thing, which rereading this is kind of uh, something I thought about that I probably hadn't thought about previously, is that uh, it's it's kind of like Superman versus Shazam in a way. This, mm-hmm. and I I really didn't think about it. I mean, he's not really like Shazam, other than the you know how he turns into Mighty Man. Uh, My, Mighty Man's more like Shazam than Vanguard is Superman. N- I disagree. Uh, Vanguard was supposed to be like a Superman, but what if Superman looked more like an alien? But I never got the sense that he had the same similar like powers. He's not as strong or as fast as Superman by a long shot. No, but he's he's got the he's got the he's got the haircut. He's got the costume he's got the colors. Right, the colors. And it was more of a haha. Like, what if this guy came and you know he's Superman, but he looks like an alien. He's got, you know, Roxanne's kind of like the lowest lane. Right. Mighty Man's such a dick. Yeah. Well, I get the sense that this blonde-haired, I mean, this this white-haired one is like Bobby Bierman, and maybe, like, he gets a new host by the end because he's blonde. It is Bobby Bierman. We know that. Yeah. Um, the big double page spread in the last uh, issue with the new color is great. I really like it. Yeah, there's so many characters. Yeah, and in color, it it makes it easier to kind of pick apart, right? Like look at and see who's who. And smash, smash. They're also goofy looking. Smasher yeah. in Smasher in her Wolverine colors. Yeah. You got Mace hitting the corner there yeah uh, who 
else do we recognize? There's Animal. I don't see a lot of other guys that have shown up in the main book or Savage Dragon. Like, who's the guy with, like, the mouth on his stomach, like, underneath Vanguard's crotch? It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, he's got a neat design. Could not tell you who he is. No, I mean, it's not like we don't like this. It's just, it seemed like a lot at once. Yeah. Right. Otherwise. A lot, and we've seen, we've been, you know, it, it, we've been reading, like you said, the Megaton collection just came out. It's, you know, we've we've read these multiple times. I, I think a smaller portion would have been sufficient. as a little much. Well, I think that's got us through the issue. Anything else? Anything else we want to say about it? There's uh, the back cover. Right. So there's uh, Simon one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. These, these piranha dragon robot heads are pretty fun. I know that was originally solicited as a an alternate cover, a variant cover. Oh, it? was it? I mean, you can tell because there's that big empty space at the top. I think so. It's unfortunate it didn't get used, but you know. It's a shame. But I'm assuming this is the back cover because we are using, uh, we're looking at digital copies here. Yeah. The final printed. Yeah, I have to assume, but we can't be sure. So 267, that's the big anniversary special, the big double size, double size, 100 page, spectacular. I have to assume he's got something similar worked up for 275, right? Just, which isn't too far away. You know, I, I honestly hope, you know, I'd be happy with just a double size issue. I hope he doesn't go too crazy. Uh while after they come out, I'm glad and I like like big issues. I just feel like it kills momentum, especially you know with him trying to work with multiple artists on different backups. Uh, you know, it's just I just feel like the fans would much prefer three issues come out, you know, within three months than wait five months for a hundred page. So we'll see. I mean, I'll be buying it regardless. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get it. Um, but I just think uh, as fun and cool as they look once they're done, I would much rather have smaller, more regular issues. Yeah, maybe he will do. I don't Has, has he ever done a normal sized? Um, anniversary issue? Anniversary, uh, I don't yeah. think so. 25? 25 was still yeah. double page yeah. or double sized. Do a double size. You don't need 100 pages. No. Well, I mean, got one. The, the other thing too is uh, at this point, all the like stuff that could be recolored and reprinted, I think, is done, right? I think this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have to be new material. I can't think of anything else that hasn't been. Uh, the only thing I can think of which uh, hasn't been colored is like, um, was it Vanguard Ethereal Warriors wasn't colored? 
one of the Vanguard miniseries. Oh, right, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think it was Ethereal Warriors. I think it was an. I think it was uh, Strange Visitors. Strange Visitors. Yeah, one you're shot. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was a four-issue miniseries, I think. Was it? I have one page of original art from that that series. Do you like it? Nah, it was cheap and I don't know. It was <laughs> Vanguard original art, so I bought it. Great. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, uh, no, I was not right. My favorite Eth- issue. Ethereal Warriors is a one shot. Uh, Strange Visitors was four yeah. issues. Four issues, yeah. But yeah, that Ethereal was... Wars was Fosco, which I think we have seen colored. You know what? You're right. It yeah. Was well, colored. no, I think it was colored when it came out. No, no, yeah. it was black and white when it came out, and it was oh, col- was it? It was colored as a backup, like a few years ago in Savage Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ran in a couple issues. Yep. Yeah. And Strange Visitors was definitely color because it's got that cool Scott Eaton art. Uh, I don't think it was colored. No, it was black. It was printed black and white. Oh, well, yeah. I guess that's what needs to be colored then. Yeah, I think that's it. Unless we end up getting that um, martial law crossover, but I don't think. Oh yeah. Eric has. Uh, that's in a weird. That? Is able to print those. The martial law Savage Dragon crossover is black and white. Oh, that is black and white, right? Which I, I haven't looked at that in years. I got to revisit that. It's weird. It's great. It's strange, and it's not just strange because it's martial law. It's strange. It, the Savage Dragon aspects are strange. I don't yeah. think Pat Mills read the comic very well. <laughs> are there other Big Bang stuff that needs to be colored? Uh, yeah, I think all of it. All like, all, had, like there was that whole. The one with the time bomb. Yeah, I don't think any of that got colored ever. Well, I guess I guess there is still some stuff. Yeah, and they could go back and like fill in the panels that were missing, and that <laughs> that right. that whole thing is all messed up. Yeah, that could use that a col- that whole story arc could use a collected edition. I don't know how interested Eric is in collecting that though. It's good though. He's really he's good. Generally, not super interested in stuff. That he didn't do. Yeah, he didn't write it. it. It's Carlson mostly, I think, and various artists. There's a bunch of different guys. But so yeah, Gary would have to organize getting that collected and colored and such. Sure. Right. I I I'd be down to see because I really dig it because it's not only Dragon but it's also a Legion of Superheroes related thing. Two of my favorite things. Well, there you go. All right. Well, I think we said it all. I think we said it all about this issue. I mean, mixed bag, I think, overall among us. Uh, I think, uh, but I think we're all curious about where this could possibly go next. Yeah. I'm excited that, you know, it's in our hands and, you know, hopefully there'll be some more coming soon. Hopefully. So let's, because uh, once again, Raven's not here. I will take over with our, our, our classic uh, solicitation read. Savage Dragon 268. Malcolm Dragon is settling into his new home on the West Coast and his new job containing and controlling the all-out mayhem in the region. It's the start of a bold new direction as Malcolm Dragon assembles his team and faces a threat of unparalleled proportions. Strap in for the ride of a lifetime. Ride of a lifetime. Now, who's the team? That's the one that we saw on the covers for... Um, Got to assume so. That's the the new SO, West Coast SOS. That it's... Yeah. 
I don't know if it's just the those Johnson twins. Johnson twins, Janie twins. I don't know if it's anybody else like uh, the. Um, it's the Void refugees. The Bay Guardian, if he's going to be part of it. Got to imagine. Although I think he might be hurt right now. I forget if he was in a previous issue and got hurt. No idea. At any rate. Maybe we'll see some new. Maybe we'll get some new members. Like brand new characters would be pretty cool. Brand new characters, yes. That are going to last and not get killed immediately. Not cannon fodder. At least not all of them at once. Sure. Let us get to know them, then you can kill them. And uh, please uh, strangle Mr. Glum until he chokes and dies. Please do that (laughs) as soon as possible, Eric. Please. Please let Angel do it. Uh, so that's it. Uh, that's it for this uh, episode of the Savage Fincast. Thanks for joining us. Sorry about the long delay between episodes. Uh, I mean, we try to do our best. We got some plans coming along for this year. Uh, we'll see if any of them bear fruit, as uh, our plans are often not always the most uh, reliable. Uh, so as always, you can send us emails at savagefincast at gmail.com. You can answer our interesting conversations or ask us questions or Correct us of all of our errors, of which we have many. Uh, you can find us always on savagefincast at gmail.com. Uh, we're currently on uh, Google Play Podcast and Spotify. Um, I believe Google may be phasing out their podcast app in favor of their YouTube app, which we are now currently on as well. Uh, I believe it's the YouTube... Oh, what the hell do they call it? It's so stupid. Is uh, it like YouTube Music or something? You, the, the YouTube Music app, which is... About as user friendly as Spotify. I'm not a fan, <laughs> but uh, we are available there. So on all of your devices. So thanks for listening. Adios. Goodbye. <laughs>